Welcome to Business Talk, Sister Gok. I'm Becca. And today's episode title is How to Make Sure Selling on Poshmark is Profitable. And I am super excited because I have somebody with me who is really experienced in this, and her name is Hallie. Thanks so much for being with me today. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, so Hallie, I want you to tell me what you do and a little bit about what that looks like. Do you have like a business name with that and anything you want to pitch us? Okay, so starting off with my business name, it's Mars Bar Rapidry and Boutique because I do own a licensed rapidry. And then I added on my Poshmark as a boutique section. So it's Mars Bar Rapidry and Boutique and Marzi came from my main rabbit that I have. Okay, so back up, you said you do own a Mars license or what was that part? A rabbitry license. Oh, so like breeding rabbits? Yes, so I'm a licensed rabbit breeder in the state of California. What? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so then from that, how did that get you into doing Poshmark? Like, let's hear about that. (laughs) I was selling hay and other like materials outside of Poshmark at first. And then I started bringing in dog treats and dog collars. So then when I switched over to Poshmark, it was really simple because I brought over all my pet supplies that I had. It was only like 50 items. And there's a mixture of stuff that was in my house as well. And then I started getting more pet items. And then I'm also a handcrafter on Poshmark, which means some of my items in my closet or boutique are handmade versus all of them being from thrift stores and shops. Yeah. And I feel like the pet category is relatively new to Poshmark, right? It is. It got added a little bit ago and it's still very hidden in there, even though most of my sales are pet sales. Mm -hmm. So my closet contains of pet items and then the clothing and house decor is all Western and boutique style to match my whole theme. Um, But the hard part is really just getting it seen because that's not the main focus on there. Right. Yeah. Okay. So Tell me how, how does this work when you use the platform? Cause you were telling me you used another platform before this. So tell me about that one first and what that's like, and then why you chose to transition. So I was originally using OfferUp, which is a lot like Facebook marketplace, just a different app for it. And it really wasn't that big of an app. I don't really think many people use it either anymore. But you would just take your photos, you would post it, basic description, like nothing would be clean on it, it would just be messy photos and descriptions. And people would either go pick it up from your house or they would pay like $8 for shipping and they'd get it to their location. So that's what I was using. And then I did switch over to Poshmark because my account got closed down on OfferUp because too high a volume of customers. You're saying that you had too much volume. Is it because they're thinking you're more of a business than you are like just a regular person? Yeah. That was really my problem is I had to go back and forth with emails all of them all the time. And I was like, I'm not an actual business because at the time I wasn't an actual business. So I really struggled with that part because I had too many customers for them to think of me just as somebody selling stuff in my house. Okay. So then when you switched to Poshmark, why did you pick that versus like eBay or a different platform? I was looking at different platforms. My mother used to sell on eBay for years. Um, I know she had mixed feelings about it, and I tried eBay in the past when I was younger, and I would help her out with her account, and it wasn't really my thing, and then Etsy is another platform that is really good. However, they hold your money for 90 days, and the seller fees are a lot more expensive, and they don't self-promote on you for, for your account, 
Mm-hmm. That's why I ended up picking Poshmark. Okay, so it's ba- a better cash system to get your stuff back. And yeah, and then later I found out, like community wise, it was way better as well. So tell me, um, what do you wish you would have known at the beginning um, when you started getting into Poshmark? And what advice would you recommend to other people as they're starting out? This is actually a really big one because I wish somebody would have told me that your appearance of your postings needs to look on point, which it sounds so simple, but something you don't think of, especially switching over from one platform to the other. Um, mm-hmm. I had messy photo backgrounds. The second I switched it from white backgrounds or from messy backgrounds to white backgrounds, my sales exponentially went up. And then even just changing my descriptions, like I didn't know that there was bubble words which is where it's a word that you put in the bottom and you like spam type them, I guess. Oh, like And then when people start searching, yeah, people start searching those words, it comes up. Mm -hmm. I had no clue about that before. Okay. So when you started putting the nicer pictures and everything, did you, did you just, what kind of backgrounds were you using? Were you just putting it up against a wall or did you use like an app to clear out the background? I used photo room, which is an app. And it basically, you take a picture and it scans out the background images and you can make it white. You can do different colors and different background patterns to match whatever you're trying to use for your background. Is this a free app or what? what It is a free app. Um, I've been using it for about six months now. You can get the pro version, which I have not. It's about $60 for three years, but I just haven't done that yet. I've been considering it. But you, well, I mean, for what you're doing right now, it's working pretty well for free, right? Yeah, you do have to crop out the part where it says photo room because Poshmark won't advertise it for free with Google. So that is the one part that's inconvenient. So are there specific brands that you stick to on Poshmark or do you like to play around with new things? I like to play around with new things. I have probably over 60 brands in my closet. However, That's my a lot favorite of brand. <laughs> yes, it is. I have probably over 15 totes of stuff. But my favorite brand really is sell. Is usually jeans, which would be Miss Me, Seven for All Mankind, and Rock Ravel. I don't know why their clothing always stores neatly, and it just looks pretty, and it sells wonderfully. Okay. So tell me where you kind of go finding your stuff. So originally, I was going through thrift stores like Goodwill and Savers, mm-hmm. but then I was sourcing with my mother, which I also got on Poshmark, and we came across this one like Thrift and Boutique, they're actually really cheap. And if you go every other Saturday and Sunday of the month, they have ticket cards that are different color like of the cards and they're only $1 each. Mm. So I've been going and buying like 100 items every other week of the month, which isn't that much, but it's a lot. And then in between, I do still go to Savers because I never find anything at Google. Really interesting. Yeah. Well, and you know, that's, that's a really good tip to know is that you should really wait to buy. If you know there's something there and it's worth it, wait to buy when it's on a sale um, at that place, if it's still there kind of thing. But I, yeah, a hundred items is a lot. <laughs> Cause I mean, if you I mean, packaged and shipped every single one of those a week, that's a lot. There's, I mean, that's a lot for still going to school and everything else that you're doing right now. Yeah, it really is a lot because I am a full-time student and I have struggled a little bit with that a few times, but I'm making it work. Yeah. So tell me, what do you kind of use as your, I like to call it flip number. 
Um, what percentage rules do you try to stick by to ensure that you're going to make money on an item when you're looking at purchasing something to sell? So I used to look at the item and then look at how much I profit from the item and be like, okay, if I won't make this off, I'm not going to get it. However, I learned to take the amount of items that you have in your inventory versus how much you technically owe or spent and to average it out. So my average right now, which I still have listings that need to be posted that aren't factored in, but right now my average is $2.50 per item. But that is also including pet items that are more expensive and buying materials and fabrics. So when I have those other items posted, probably go down to $1.50 per item that I spent. So okay. at that point, if you're only making $8 an item, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Okay, so tell me a little bit about how you're calculating that. Do you have like a spreadsheet or do you just kind of do mental math? In Poshmark, there's actually an area where it will tell you how many active listings you have. And you take your active listings and you divide it by the amount that you owe. And then that would be your number that you would get. Okay. Wow. That's really interesting. I mean, and good, good to know if you're trying it out. So um, tell me about return orders. Is that common? And what does that do to your margins? It's not common because they don't recommend it. So when you get a return order, it would be considered a DNN. And a DNN basically flags your account once you get three, they kind of shut you down. I'm not sure if they shut you down or if they give you like, hey, what are you doing type of thing. But when you get a return, the person has to send you the item. You don't get any money from it. And then whatever damage is done to the item from when they had it, you have to just accept it. Well, that so seems not, like a lose-lose for the seller, right? <laughs> it really is. Plus all the packaging and time that you spent for it that you lose. Yeah. Mm. So tell me about bundles on Poshmark. Do you mess with those? And is that affect your shipping and all that kind of stuff? Bundles are my favorite part of Poshmark, honestly. Oh, really? Because, yes. So I have one buyer that's a repeat buyer and... She buys bundles of six because you can do a bundle discount where you set it in your settings. Mm-hmm. So if you buy five items from me, you get a 30% discount automatically. And she buys five small pet items probably about every month. So it's really fun packing it because the big box, like full to the max, like five pounds of items. However, you do have to make sure that it doesn't go over five pounds because then you have to up your shipping. Okay, so tell me about how you figured out what shipping option works best for you and what, what did you learn through that process? The shipping, wait, they make it really easy for it. So it tells you on their actual, like, um, when you go to their shipping area, it will tell you, like, um, that your weight cannot exceed five pounds. And if it does, you have to upgrade a shipping label. So it basically means in the buyer mix or purchase, they pay $7.45 unless if you mark down the shipping cost, which you would pay for. Then the buyer pays for it. You print out the shipping label and it's automatically five pounds, no matter how much you send. Mm-hmm. And then if you go over that, you go into your settings from that sale and you add a pound or two pounds to it, whatever you need. Um, they do max you off at 10 though. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Okay. So when you're mailing it, what, what did you find as helpful processes to be able to speed things up? I personally pre-wrote all my thank you cards which I think saved me a lot of time because I do handwrite my thank you cards and I handwrite my social media on it. And then okay, I make my own packing paper with like recycled bags 
So I appreciate all of that when I have extra time. It's just like sitting there. That's probably how I save the most time. I mean, it's still time consuming no matter what, but when you have everything organized, it doesn't take too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You kind of have it in like a lineup of like this, then this, yeah. this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And I love that you're using the recycled stuff to cut down on, on the cost as well as use something that most people wouldn't even think of. So I try my best too, because a lot of fast food bags like would normally go in their cycle, but they're perfectly clean. So you can shred them up and use them as packing paper. Hmm. And then the shredder that I got for making the crinkly type paper was only like $30. Really? Where did you find that? Yeah. At Staples actually, like the office store. Okay. And so when you say you use um, food bags, are where are you getting those? A lot of them are just from around either like my neighbors or my parents bring them home from work or even just sometimes we end up eating out and try saving them. Even some cardboard boxes, like if we occasionally have some soda boxes laying around, I'll cut them up and use them and make the triangle folds. Hmm. This is really interesting to me. I'm like, wow, I never (laughs) thought about that, but that's cool. Okay. So what are some things that you think about, you mentioned that you handwrite your thank you cards and stuff. Um, Do you find that beneficial to getting like reviews and stuff or what's the purpose or uh, behind that? I am actually not too sure on that. I give that little thank yous and candy bags with a thank you card for every order, no matter how big it is. I personally think that like it entices the buyer to want to come back or even feel more pleased with their order. It's just my personal opinion, I think. And then with, because I do buy from Poshmark occasionally, I have a board of all the thank you cards I got from people as well. So I think that it's just a cute little thing to have. Puts a personal touch on things, huh? Yeah. What would you say about Poshmark? becoming like a livable wage do you think that that's something that somebody could say yeah I'm going to make a full-time gig out of this or is this more like you should do it on the side but really don't bank on it because there's highs and lows I definitely think it's doable to do at least as a part-time I mean pull it off as a full-time job as well you just really have to put your time and dedicate to the app really well they have a lot of different perks on there though that would benefit you um Overall, you just have to make sure that you're persistent on your listings and your postings and sharing your items, because if not, you're not going to be able to make your quota. So you have a quota that you set for yourself, or does Poshmark do that for you? I have one that I personally set just by dividing how much I would technically make from minimum wage out here where I live versus how much I would make on Poshmark. Mm, that's a good idea. So what, what does that look like for you? Mine to make minimum wage, including like taking out the taxes, bring home money, I would have to sell on average about 35 items a week. Okay. That's pretty impressive that you've put that all together though. But 35, if you think about it in one week, you could probably do that in like one day and make a minimum wage job, you know? That's yeah. pretty good to know. It's just the hard part is you can't guarantee that they're going to have a sale. Or right. a week that you're going to have a sale. And then one week you can have like 30 sales or 40 sales. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, I mean, I think a lot of people don't think about the fact that, yeah, that's a lot of shipping and everything. But the reality is you have to go out and do all of your picking first of the items that you're going to You really do have to do all your picking, which means you're driving different locations. You're taking all of your items, making sure that there's nothing wrong with them, washing whatever needs to be washed cleaning whatever needs to be cleaned, packaging it, taking photos. There's so much work that actually goes into it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me about, um, I know we had talked about like the shipping and the packaging part. Um, when you're looking for these things, you said that you have to clean them up sometimes. Do you also do like mending and stuff like that? I do do mending because I have a sewing machine and I am a crafter as well. Okay. So I do fix little holes, but I will put them in there because it is a modification. Okay. And there's a few pairs of shorts that were like not the best I recently picked up, but they were still in good condition. Just they need something else. So I painted them. There's different things like that I do to my stuff. But whenever I buy a home item and it's not brand new, I always sanitize it first just because you don't know if they had kids or what it was with prior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, these are really great tips. I really appreciate. Um, if you were to give some resources, what um, tools or, or free things have you used that you're like, definitely check this out if you want to get into um, flipping stuff with Poshmark, what, what would you recommend? So first, Poshmark has changed a lot since I actually started using the app. They have different new things in their app now. They do take 20% of your profits, which include your taxes. Personally, I think it's worth it. They self-advertise on Google for you, okay. like your personal listings. And then they added a seller's insight, I believe is what it's called. And then there was three other things they added. There are different ways to see who's shopping in your closet or what sales you have, like versus the brand and versus the days. So they really broke it down very high tech for what I was expecting. Okay. So look at your analytics is what you're saying. Yeah, really look at that first. I think that would help you out so much more than any other like research you could do is just study the actual features that they recommend and they're giving you first before you jump into it. Mm, Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for that. I know um, I've learned so much. And before we transition into the doc portion, I wanted to ask you, where can people find you? My Poshmark is Electra009, which was not planned out at all. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I started the account a few years back looking for something that I needed and then never bought anything. And then when I went back to sell, I didn't think about making a new account. So I got stuck with it. Okay. And then my Instagram is Marzabar Rabbitry underscore boutique. Okay. And maybe spell that out for me because I don't know if I can spell it. M A R Z A B A R R A B B I T R Y underscore in the boutique. Okay. All right. Well, I will definitely try to um, link to that as well in the Instagram post. Um, so I didn't realize how long that was. <laughs> Well, that's why I was like, I think people might want to know. Um, so let's talk about your GOG because, oh, I was excited about this. So customer experiences, like bad customer experiences. You were telling me a little bit about one that I would love for you to share. So I had my first DNN, DNN request. Well, that's multiple. And it was Which a seller. It's like a return, that- right? Yeah, it was a return. Okay. But I didn't think to fight it and I should have because you can put in a request. And it was this lady that bought a pair of jeans. I gave full dimensions of it. There are, I believe, double zero size jeans in her info card says she was a size two. Okay. Going on what? The story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Go ahead. Sorry. Going on to the story, I got a message back about a day later. She was testing me out on Poshmark saying that they didn't fit in their bed quality and this and that. I was trying to help her be like, well, do you want a discount? Do you want to purchase something else? And I'll give you an additional like item for free in your size. Like 
mm-hmm. how do we want to make this work so we didn't have to go through Poshmark and deal with all that. She ignored me completely and she put in a DNN. So what she was claiming in her DNN is that I gave her the wrong item and that they were the wrong size and that the quality was bad. So the photos that she sent were the exact same photos that I had posted. The brand and the size matched up. Every description, inseam, everything. Uh-huh. So I was like, you know what? She probably just didn't like the style. I'll just accept it because I didn't know that you would get a DNN at first. Mm-hmm. So I accepted it. When I got them back, there was three holes in them and they were stretched out, I believe, a good six inches in the waist alone. That it was so bad that there was no way of like fixing them and upcycling them. The button was broken and these were brand new jeans before she got them. So basically, she was not the size of the jeans and she ripped them yes, trying to put them on. <laughs> we wrecked them. Oh man, that's rough. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I think that that's good what you said too. Like, here are some options you can use to try to help um, a customer that's having a hard time, like finding different solutions. So in the future, what would you have done differently? <laughs> I started getting a lot more specific on my pictures and my details. I was before I had stuff as fancy too, so to say. Okay. So I really upped my stuff since then because I was so scared it would happen again. But now I know if I do come across that and get that happen, I will definitely fight it and be like, no, those are the same pictures. Everything matches up. Okay. Yeah. Well, I that that's good information too. I, I know that there's some times where you just can't make everyone happy when you try to. So <laughs> yeah, I definitely tried. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I have really enjoyed learning so much about Poshmark and making sure things are profitable. And if if you all enjoyed this episode, you should definitely check out what Haley's doing on her Instagram. And then also uh, you can give us a review on Apple Podcasts and we will see you next week.